Hello, my name is William Gay III, host of the Locked On Signals podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. And welcome back to all you returning listeners. I really do appreciate all the support that you guys have given me over the past month. If you're a first-time listener and don't know who I am, I am the Florida State beat writer for the Tallahassee Democrat. I've covered Florida State for each of the last four years. And I started out as the intern for the NoldDigest.com on the Scout Network and then moved up to the publisher of that site before getting the job at the Democrat in August 2016. I cover football, baseball, basketball, and recruiting. Football, I'm at every football practice, every football game, home, away, bowl game, doesn't matter, I'm there. I cover every time Willie Taggart speaks, every time a player speaks, every time a coach speaks. So I have a pretty good idea of what what's going on around the uh, football program. For basketball, I cover every basketball home game as well as any basketball post games. I was, uh, I was out in Nashville and Los Angeles with Florida State's Elite Eight run this past season. And then uh, for for baseball, I cover every baseball home game as well as any postseason baseball games. I was out in Omaha for the College World Series in 2016. I also cover every major and minor recruiting event that that Florida State has. So I have a pretty good idea of what's going on at the three major sports at Florida State. But this podcast is going to be uh, going to be dedicated to the second half of the season. What we'll see the path to getting a, getting a bowl game. And some guys that I think are going to step up, and some guys that have to step up for Florida State to uh, to get to that thirty seventh straight bowl game. So we're going to start off with with the path to to six wins. You know, Florida State's remaining schedule is, I believe, the NCAA ranks it as the toughest remaining schedule in college football. Florida State plays Wake Forest, Clemson, at NC State, at Notre Dame, home against Boston College, and then home against Florida. You know, two of those teams are undefeated. Two of those teams are ranked in the top ten. You know, Florida is right outside of the top ten at number eleven. Boston College, they've uh, they've been without AJ Dillon, but you know, may get him back soon. He's still one of the best running backs in the country. And then Wake Forest has been not great. So, yeah. Florida State obviously has to beat Wake Forest this weekend in order to have any shot at six wins. So, assuming that happens, right? Assuming that Florida State beats Wake Forest, they've got to win two games out of Clemson, Notre Dame, NC State, Boston College, and Florida. From what we've seen so far, Florida State isn't going to be able to beat Clemson or Notre Dame, right? Like, they're they're just not going to be able to do it. Uh, Both of those teams are are really good. Um... I understand that Notre Dame barely got by Pitt this past weekend, but and this is also the game of football, but after watching Florida State for six games, I just don't see how Florida State goes in and beats those two. It could happen. I just don't I, I don't see it. So that means you need to you Florida State's going to have to find two wins against NC State, which is on the road, Boston College at home and Florida at home. NC State's ranked uh Florida's ranked. So over the next six games, Florida State plays four ranked teams. And NC State is uh, is also still undefeated, even though they, they really haven't played anybody, so they're kind of an afterthought. And they play Clemson this weekend, so one of you know that's uh, one of those two teams is going to be going to be knocked off this weekend. I would expect it to be NC State because I don't really think they're that good, <laughs> but so. 
Florida State's going to have to find a way to win three or two of the last what four games. So, but Boston College is probably the second best chance that that Florida State has for a win, right? Um, that offense is built on running the football, and Florida State's been one of the best run-stopping teams in, in, in the country so far this year. So I do believe that Boston College, you know, with, with Anthony Brown, who's not necessarily a downfield passer, that's what uh, you know. It, teams that have been able to take, take advantage of Florida State's defense have been able to hit the downfield passes. You know, I mean, you look at the Miami game. Nikosi Perry was absolutely terrible as far as numbers go, but he had a bunch of big passes, and that's, you know, through for four touchdowns. So, you know, if Jeff Juwan Pass had hit any of those big passes because, you know, he's not a great quarterback and he wasn't able to hit those, Florida State was able to come back and win the game. So it's Boston College is probably the second most likely win out of that. So Florida State or NC State, and I'm – going to take a little bit of a dive into the numbers for both, but I do believe that Florida is going to be an easier, not, not necessarily an easier, because I, I do think that Florida, that, uh, Florida State's going to be the underdog in both of those games, but I do think that Florida State has a better chance of beating Florida than NC State, and I'm going to go into that in just a minute. Probably the main reason that I believe that Florida will Florida State has a better chance of beating Florida than NC State is one. That NC State game is packed between Clemson and at Notre Dame. That's a hard three-game stretch for for any team in the country. And, you know, Florida State's going to – they play them right after playing Clemson team. They're going to be – you know, that's, that's always a physical game. That's always a game where both teams leave everything out on the field. And then – they have to go on the road to NC State, and then they after, the week after they have to go on the road to Notre Dame. Um, but Florida comes after Boston College and is at home, so that gives Florida State you know the crowd advantage. And while Florida's you know at this point is still is still playing particularly well, I mean they're playing much better than I thought they would. They still have to go through the second half of the season. They have to play Georgia. Missouri, South Carolina, and then they get Idaho before they play Florida State. The other main reason that I believe Florida State has a better chance of beating Florida is that Ryan Finley is a much better quarterback than Felipe Franks. It's not even close. While Finley is, you know, that offense is built around Finley throwing a lot of short passes, you know, he's still a much more accurate quarterback, and he can hit the downfield throw when needed. Franks is just not... uh, not a great quarterback. I mean, Finley's completing almost seventy percent of his passes. Franks is competing, uh, completing under fifty-seven. So, Franks is not a good uh, Franks is not a good quarterback. And you know, when it comes down to it, like I said earlier about about the defense and Boston College, the same remains true for for Florida. Uh, they've been running the ball extremely well, but with Franks at quarterback. It, are they going to be able to take advantage of the down, the shots downfield to, to beat them? And I watched uh, Franks play a lot in high school. He folds under pressure, right? He, when pressure gets into his face, he does not have a good time of it. He struggles. And I've seen him make some truly incredible throws, but I've also seen him throw it into the dirt three straight plays. Like he's, 
the definition of inconsistency, and that really hasn't changed in his time at Florida. Whereas, you know, Finley is an extremely accurate quarterback. He might not have the best arm in the world, but he's extremely accurate and he's smart. He he understands where to go with the football, when to do it, and that offense has been built around him and how uh, you know, how they can use him. So, I think that Florida will be. Florida State's best chance for getting that third win. I'm not saying Florida State can't beat NC State. I'm just saying that Florida is more likely than NC State is at this point in time with how Florida State is currently playing. Um, So if Florida State can beat Wake Forest, Boston College, and Florida, it's going to go to the 37th straight bowl game and have a chance for, I believe it's the 41st, would be the 41st or 42nd. Uh, My math is not adding up right now, um, straight winning season for Florida State if they can take and, and win that ball game and get to 7-6. and six. So there's a, there's a lot of uncertainty going forward, but there's definitely still a chance for Florida State to, to extend both of those streaks. And doing that over the final, uh, final six games would be a, a pretty big task for Willie Taggart, and it would also give Florida State a little momentum that it hasn't had since the season began as far as on the recruiting trail and stuff like that. So, I mean, there's obviously other paths to six wins. Florida State could come out, win the next six games, and finish 9-3. and three. I don't see that happening. Uh, I, I know most people don't see that happening, not unless you're the, uh, the blind homer that believes Florida State's going to win every game, but, you know, it... it I guess it could happen. I don't see it happening. It could happen. But Florida State, I mean, this is college football. Florida State will have every, you know, have a chance to win every game. It's just uh, if they'll be able to to take those take those chances. But, you know, Wake Forest, Boston College, and Florida, I think, are the Florida State's three best chances for a win the rest of the season. And we'll have to see how that goes. In the next me- uh, segment, we'll talk about the guys that – I think are really going to step up in the second half of the season. Guys that I th- think we've seen uh, we've seen a little bit from. Not guys that have been playing well like Brian Burns, but guys that I think will uh, haven't been exactly playing great. That I believe that will be uh, will, will step up. And then we'll also talk about guys that I believe have to step up if Florida State's going to find a way to get to the bowl game. But before we get into that. We all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on the Knowles. With Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert, show, or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more to save even more money. Go to the App Store, Google Play, and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. That's locked on, no spaces, all capitalized, for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee, so make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. Thanks for sticking with me as we head into the second segment. I really do appreciate it. And um, <clears throat> going to talk about some guys that haven't really made a huge impact so far this season for Florida State, but guy, but guys that I believe are are really going to step up and and uh, and make a bigger impact. Um, guy like Keith Gavin, right? 
He has 20 catches. He's Florida State's second leading receiver, but he's always been a bit inconsistent. He's always, you know, he 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 never scored a touchdown. He had five, over 500 passing or receiving yards before he scored his first touchdown, you know, two Saturdays ago against Miami. I do believe that that's going to help him uh, immensely. It's going to get, it's you know, he got the monkey off his back. It's gonna it's gonna allow him to play a little freer a little bit better and I think he's going to have a big a big second half of the season. I mean, the tools are there. He's a he's a physical guy. He can go up and get it and you know, he's 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 a fast guy for his size. So, I think that Florida State's going to be able to find some success with him going forward because I do believe that's really going to help him relax and not be not be as as hyped up about, you know, trying to find the end zone for the first time. Now that he's gotten in the end zone, uh, I think he's going to get there quite a few more times this year. I don't think he's going to end the year as Florida State's leading touchdown, you know, leading touchdown guy. That's going to be Tamorian Terry. He already has five, but I do believe he could end up with maybe five or six by the end of the year, just because you know he, that the dam's finally broken. Another guy that I think is is going to have a lot of success in the second half of the season is a guy is Josh Kando. Um, Kendo hasn't really played that that well so far this season, but against Miami, you saw it coming along. He's been injured. He's not practiced a lot, but he's starting to get healthier. You can see it, and he's starting to make a bigger impact. You have a guy like Brian Burns in front of him, but they're they're finding ways to get Kendo on the field uh, over the past couple of day, uh, games, and I do believe he's a guy that's that's going to really make an impact in the second half of the season. Uh, Kendo has has one sack and two tackles for loss so far, but I, I think he's going to have a a breakout second half of the season. Going back to the offensive side of the ball, the guy that I think he he uh, he's gotten one carry, but I think he's going to get he's going to get a few more in the second half of the season. Is going to be freshman running back Anthony Grant. He uh, he runs so well in tight spaces that I'm not sure why he hasn't gotten more carries before. I understand that Florida State's, you know, got Cam Akers and Jacquez Patrick and Amir Rizal ahead of him. You know, I, I understand that. But you watch him during null drills during practice, and he does so well in tight spaces. Like, that's probably the best part of his game. He also has great acceleration. But he plays so well in tight spaces that I think that, he'd be able to have a lot of success running behind this offensive line, you know, that isn't giving a lot of open holes at this point because he has good vision and he can find those holes. And I think that uh, over the next six games, he's going to start to get more carries. He's going to get start, start to get more involved in the offense. And I think he's, uh, he's going to have a pretty big impact over the the next six games. I think he's a guy that can be very successful, um, you know, over, over the final, final six games of the season. I'm going to go back to the defensive side of the ball, and we're going to talk about defensive tackle Robert Cooper. You know, he's not really in the rotation at defensive tackle, and he basically he's the fifth guy. But when he's been in there, he's played extremely well. You know, he, he continues to drop weight. He continues to get used to playing at the college football level. And I think we're going to see we're going to see more of him as Florida State continues to rotate defensive tackles in and out. Um, you know, obviously, if a team's up tempo, he's he's going to be a bit of a, a liability. So maybe we won't see him as much against against Clemson. But when Florida State plays, say Boston College or Florida, 
Yeah, he's a guy that could come in and really make an impact. So I'm not saying he's going to have a huge second half of the year, but I do think he's going to make a bigger impact than he did through the first six games, and it's going to be something that he can build on heading into heading into next season when he is going to be in that rotation. Now I'm going to switch over to guys that I think have to have success for Florida State to have success over the final six games. If Florida State wants to get to six wins. These guys are going to have to make a big impact. And the first is going to be offensive lineman Derek Kelly. He's a guy who's been injured. He's played guard. He's played right tackle. Now he's going to be the starting left tackle for Florida State coming in. And he's a guy, you know, Florida State can't afford to have him go down with another injury or not play well because we've seen what the options are behind him. With Landon Dickerson's status for the rest of the season basically up in the air, there's no other offensive tackle options like you can move Brady Scott to right tackle but then you're putting Abdul Bell or Jawan Williams back into the starting lineup and we've seen how that goes neither of those guys are capable of playing at the level Florida State needs them to play I mean both of those guys have been really really bad Abdul Bello was better than Jawan Williams but neither were great so if Derek Kelly can't get it done in left tackle Florida State's in a world of trouble um, I mean, the offensive line's going to start its seventh, uh, seventh different offensive line combination in seven games. So it, the shuffling and everything going on, there's been no continuity at all. And getting, you know, finding that continuity and finding a way to keep the same five guys in the lineup is going to be, would be huge for Florida State. And Derek Kelly's the, the guy that has to make that happen. He has to be good or at least average at left tackle in order to uh, in order to keep that going. Going to stick on the offensive side of the ball, and it's going to be Cam Akers. Um, <clears throat> Akers is Florida State's leading rusher. He's averaging about four yards a carry. He's got one touchdown this year. You know, he's he's got one touchdown. Uh, him and Amir Azul are the only you know have combined for two touchdowns on the ground. Jacques Patrick has not uh, has not had a rushing touchdown. He did have a receiving touchdown, but Acres, um, you know, Patrick started ahead of Acres against Miami, and I thought Acres had his best game that he had all season, including you know the Virginia Tech game where he had that eighty-five yard rush. I thought that Acres had the best game that he had. He didn't, you know, he it wasn't great against Miami, but he would he broke off uh, a couple of seven to ten yard runs he had he found some success he got north side south he didn't try to make the big play out of nothing and instead of taking the you know three yard loss he got upfield and took the two yard gain so I, I do think that he's a guy that could be uh could have a much better second half and I think Florida State desperately needs it they got to find something in the running game they've got to be a little more balanced um, for this offense to work, it's. I mean, right now Florida State's finding a lot of success in the passing game because they've continued to try and run the football. If they find some success running the football, it's really going to open up for the for the wide receivers. So, I I think that Acres is a guy that that has to have success, that has to find it. He has to find it in the second half of the season if Florida State's going to be successful. Otherwise, I'm not sure that Florida State can get to six wins because the st- the level of competition from what Florida State played in the first half of the season is about to go seriously up. But 
we'll get into uh, more guys that I think need to have need to have big second halves in the third segment. Um, and then we'll talk a little bit about what's coming up on Wednesday. But are you sick of paying for 20 channels you never watch when you just want to watch Florida State play? Sling TV is the best way to watch college football. $30 a month gets you ESPN, Pac-12, SEC, and probably the ACC network when it comes uh, when it comes out here in the next uh, next year or so. But you can stream on your big screen and all your favorite devices, and there's no useless channels. There's no long-term contracts. There's no hidden fees, and you can cancel any time. I recently cut out cable, and it's been one of the best decisions I've ever made. So make sure you go check it out and sign up for Sling TV and get a seven-day free trial. Locked On listeners can get their seven-day free trial train going by going to sling.com forward slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com forward slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Thanks for sticking with me as we head into the final segment of today's Locked On Seminoles podcast. I really appreciate you guys sticking with me. And we're going to continue the uh, the conversation that we were having before about the players that I believe need to need to have success in the second half if Florida State's going to get to get to a bowl game. And Kyle Myers was arguably Florida State's best defensive back through the first three four games of the season. The past two games have been really, really rough for him. Um, he, he's not been good against Miami. He had three pass interference penalties. One of them was just, I mean, he, he was just completely unaware of what's going on. If he turns around for the ball, he picks it. It was a horrible throw. And instead, it ended up being three pass interference penalties. I believe two of them were in the red zone. One of them was in the end zone. And it was just, he struggled. Florida State needs him to step up and be good. You know they've got two true freshmen that are that are ready to step in, AJ Litton and Asante Samuel. But Myers, if Myers can play at the level he did in the first three four games, then Florida State's going to be pretty good on the outside. I mean, Levante Taylor's struggled in, in the first three four games and then really picked it up over the last two. So he's a guy that also needs to have success in the second half. But Myers is a guy who's trending down rather than up, and Florida State really needs him to pick it back up and play at the level that he was playing at earlier in the season. The next guy is Nyquan Murray. Murray has made some big-time plays and had some big-time catches already for Florida State, but against Miami, he had two receptions for for 11 yards. Uh, He he did win the Louisville game with his 58-yard touchdown. I mean, he's he had 85 yards against Northern Illinois. He's had at least two receptions in every single game. So he's not a guy that didn't produce in the first half of the season, but he's a guy that has to produce going forward. He has to. Uh, he's one of, if not DeAndre Francois' favorite target, dating back from the time that they got to Florida State you know, from, from Orlando. So he's a guy that Francois trusts, and he's got to continue to get better. He's got to continue to he, – he's got to stand out. He's got to, he's got to go make plays for his quarterback like he did in the Louisville game and not completely disappear like he did against Miami. You know, that's, that's what we need to see from Nyquan going forward. He has to be that, that safety valve that DeAndre Francois can trust. Now, that brings me to my next person. DeAndre Francois. It doesn't look like uh, Willie Taggart's going to go away from DeAndre anytime soon. 
Um, at least at this point, I, I expect DeAndre to start against Wake Forest, and we'll, we'll have to wait and see how how the rest of the season goes. But DeAndre's probably the starting quarterback. Um, he's got to be better at the reads. He's got to be better running the offense when he's actually given time to throw the football. And some of that's on him because he doesn't know when to step up into the pocket. But when he's given time to throw the football, he's found success. Um, but it's the pre-snap portion that's really caused some issues for him and making the correct reads from what he sees from the defense in the pre-snaps. So he's he's got to get better than better at that. He's got to continue to progress as far as learning the offense and running the right plays when they're supposed to happen and making the correct reads. And that was something that really hurt Florida State through uh, in, in the first six games. But he has the ability to lead Florida State down the field. He's just got to make the right reads doing it. Um, he's he's the most important player on Florida State's roster at this point, and he's got to find a way to get better at the little things that he's doing improperly that are just killing Florida State's drives. So. We'll have to wait and see how how that happens and how this plays out. I'm going to go ahead and say that I think Florida State actually gets to six wins. Maybe that's optimistic of me, but I'm still not sold on Florida. I'm not. Uh, I, I think that Florida State can beat Boston College because of how good they how well, how well they stopped the run. And I think that Florida State can beat Florida for basically the same reason. If, if they can put the game on... Felipe Frank's shoulders and put pressure on him, basically similar to last year, and they can put pressure on him, then Florida State should be able to find some success. So I think Florida State's going to get to six wins. We'll see if I'm right <laughs> over the next uh, next six weeks. Starting It all starts with Wake Forest on Saturday, and if they don't win that one, it's basically done. So we'll get into... We'll get into the next episode of the Lockdown Seminoles podcast on Wednesday, and I really appreciate you guys giving me your support. We're going to talk a little bit about what happened at practice today during that podcast and what happened at practice tomorrow and uh, what what the players and coaches had to say. But that's it for this one. I hope that you guys have a wonderful day, and thanks for listening.